2: This is A Word, a podcast from Slate. I'm your host, Jason Johnson. How do you make the struggles of an underfunded school into a laugh-out-loud sitcom? ABC's new comedy, Abbott Elementary, manages to ace that test. That's thanks to its creator and star, Quinta Brunson.
3: Having a good experience informed what kind of show I would create. A lot of people, I think, have created school shows with the idea that no one wants to be there. The students, the teachers, not me. People who are doing this job, they care that much. They're being paid pennies. This is just what they do. So I was able to show that.
2: Our conversation with comedian Quinta Brunson coming up on A Word with me, Jason Johnson. Stay with us. Welcome to A Word, a podcast about race and politics and everything else. I'm your host, Jason Johnson. Of all the things we hear about attending or working in our broken-down urban schools, I don't think any of us usually associate that with things being funny. But Abbott Elementary, a new comedy from ABC, is going to change all that.
3: There have been three presidents since this one, okay? It's an old book, so here's where I taped in the others. I'd say the main problem in the school district is, yeah, no money. Uh, The city says there isn't any, but they're doing a multi-million dollar renovation to the Eagle Stadium down the street from here. But we just make do.
2: Quinta Brunson is the star and creator of Abbott Elementary. She built the foundation of her comedy career online with her own Instagram series and later working for BuzzFeed, eventually landing a role on HBO's A Black Lady Sketch Show. Quinta Brunson joins us now. Welcome to A Word.
3: Thanks for having me, Jason.
2: Congrats on Abbott Elementary. As we've said, you're not just the star, you're the creator. What was the inspiration behind this project for you?
3: Well, thank you so much. Well, one thing is I'm just a huge fan of workplace comedies. It's my favorite kind of sitcom. More than the family comedy, workplace comedies are always what I was drawn to. I was, I was obsessed with that dynamic of people coming together who would not maybe talk to each other if it weren't for this workplace. So that was huge for me. That was a huge inspiration in, in anything I've, I've done. And then mockumentary style comedies proved to be my favorite in the long run when The Office and Parks and Rec came along. I was like, well, this is extremely my jam. What made those comedies work was having a veil to go behind. And I thought, we know teachers. We know them. We have this one-dimensional version of them in our heads. But what's behind that one dimension? I wanted to make it a little bit more on purpose, having a documentary crew in a school, to show us what goes on behind the lives of these people we all know we either one of the cast members on the show says we either are a teacher or you had a teacher. <laughs> <And> right, right. <laughs> so like we right. all you are one, one of these, one yes. of the <laughs> other and what's the life behind there. And I had seen other workplace comedies about teachers and stuff but none of that really went behind the veil in that way that I thought could be really cool. So yeah, that was kind of the inspiration.
2: What's interesting, none of these workplace comedies have ever had this many black people before.
3: I know, right? I know. <laughs> like, that, all we had was yeah. Retta
2: on Parks and Rec. I so. know,
3: who I, and here's the thing, Retta and Daryl in the office, those, they were my, I don't know, something about seeing people like that, that was seeing our people in that format Oh, I think that Retta and Daryl are two of the best characters of all time in my world. And I think it's because they got to talk to us via that camera about what their life is at these workplaces, you know, and I think that's so special for us. We are people existing in in a world where, you know, we exist as side characters. We're reduced to our races and not our actual feelings and thoughts. So that really drew me to the mockumentary format. I, it was honestly one of those things where I was like, why haven't we done this yet? And I, and I go searching and I'm like, is there, and it really, there really wasn't anything out there using this format yet with Black people at the forefront, people of of color, other at the forefront. And yes, we have white characters in our show because that's just the makeup of a Philadelphia public school, but none such stories where, you know, black people were at the forefront. How did you pull together
2: this cast for Abbott Elementary? Like you've got Tyler James Williams, who everybody loves from Everybody Hates Chris. You did a hilarious segment with him when you guys were both on a Black Lady sketch show. How did you decide that he was one of the main characters And, and how did you fill out the rest of the cast?
3: First of all, the role of Gregory, I actually kind of w- wrote for Tyler. When I worked with him on Black Lady Sketch Show, I just really enjoyed working with him so much. We both enjoyed working with each other so much that I was like, I want to work with you again. And I talked to him about this show. He mentioned to me that he would love to get a series, you know, just to have some stability. And I was like, hey, I think I might have a role for you. I'm writing it with you in mind. And if you want it, you know, I'd love for it to be yours. And so. Fortunately, the network and studio were already in love with Tyler, so that was easy. Then everybody else had to be casted. I didn't necessarily have someone in mind, and I also thought there was this opportunity for new talent. I think the other thing that makes sitcoms, specifically workplace sitcoms, work is new people for audiences to fall in love with. You know, Janelle James, who is kind of a newcomer to TV, she's a stand-up, she blew me away. Janelle told me that she had gotten this script and she was like, hey, uh, she DM'd me and she was like, I just got your script and it's funny. And I want to audition. I knew Janelle as a stand-up. I didn't even know she acted. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, please audition. Like the more the merrier. And she was it. It was this, this specific character. She got it. Yeah. She got all of it. Hello. I'm um,
2: Greg Rietting, I'm the sub for the teacher who uh, punted the student.
3: Oh, you're the sub. Forgive me. I thought one of my colleagues here hired a stripper for me.
2: <laughs> okay.
3: Nice to meet you. And having her was just like this dream. And studio and network saw her and we're like, whoa, where did she come from? And I'm like, I don't know, but this is who it has to be. The, the discussion is over. <laughs> and then Cheryl Lee Ralph was our last get. We were so fortunate. She had just come off of a show. We were having trouble casting the Barbara character because I just needed a certain oomph. And... Shell brought
0: it. Janine, turn that down, please. I'm trying to teach my kindergartners the letter C, and they are distracted by this song. It's like, back that ass up for kids.
3: Hey, guys, um, could you sit down, please? Guys, I'm going to count to three. One,
0: two. And I am not counting. Sit down. I'm Barbara Howard woman of God. I do my work. I go home. I get my nails done every week. And I love teaching.
3: And I think Cheryl had never been on a show like this before. Like Cheryl just came off a multicam and Cheryl hadn't even seen The Office. So it was... Oh, wow. She had the essence and everything else was a on the job. Oh, learning experience. Like, uh, oh, okay. Oh, I'm on at all times. I'm always in scene because the camera's catching things at all times. But she mastered it and now has developed what I think is a brand new, beautiful character to this format of show. So that's how casting went. And then my character, Janine, was brought about because, you know, I originally pitched this show based on Cheryl's character, on Barbara. It had no Janine in it. And the studio kind of said, you're crazy if you think we didn't buy the show because of you, you being it. I was like, oh. All right. So I developed Janine based off of good friends of mine who are pure optimists who get on my nerves, but without them, nothing would get done, you know, like their belief in how beautiful the world can be is what motivates us to create a better place. And I think that that was a beautiful character to have in a school like Abbott.
2: I also grabbed your book. And so I've been reading through the book, really, really enjoying it. And we're going to talk about this it in a will be, but I want to talk in particular about how it has to do with Abbott Elementary. A lot of people, a lot of people, especially in comedy, like they talk about how they hated high school, it was miserable, this, that, the other. You were the hot girl. You were queen."
3: <laughs> I know, like, I know. Like,
2: like, so, I mean, you you went to, I mean, you went to Chad, you went to sort of a, a tech science architecture school. But how did your experiences in what appears to be a pretty functional, good high school experience How does that inform Abbott Elementary? Because most people say that high school was terrible and you're not that person.
3: I'm so happy you brought that up. My schooling experiences, period, were I had the most amazing teachers from kindergarten to high school. I had these teachers who cared so deeply. I had a teacher in uh, sixth grade who actually the show is now named after Miss Abbott. She came to my house at 4 o'clock and picked me up because we were doing a pretzel sale. And my parents were like, we can't get her there. And Miss App was like, well, I'll come get her. This is important. We're going to make the dough. We're going to make the pretzel. I'm teaching a lesson about, you know, food and and learning and and selling. And and those are the kind of teachers I had in my life from beginning to end. Um, High school teachers that I, I can't even go down the list of the way those people just cared about us and so having a good experience informed what kind of show i would create a lot of people i think have created school shows with the idea that no one wants to be there the students the teachers not me people are doing this job or they care that much they're being paid pennies this is just what they do so i was able to show that
2: We're going to take a short break and we come back more with actress Quinta Brunson, creator of the new sitcom Abbott Elementary. This is a Word with Jason Johnson. Stay tuned. This is Jason Johnson, host of A Word, Slate's podcast about race and politics and everything else. I want to take a moment to welcome our new listeners. If you've discovered a word and like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And let us know what you think by writing us at a word slate.com. Thank you.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory— Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
2: You're listening to Word with Jason Johnson. Today we're talking with comedian Quinta Brunson, the creator and star of ABC's new show, Abbott Elementary. I think a lot of our listeners will know you from the Emmy-nominated HBO show, A Black Lady Sketch Show. We're listening to this scene where the legendary Loretta Devine plays a minister at a wedding between the characters Chris and Lachelle, and you play the bride.
3: Do you, Lachelle, take Chris to be your lawfully wedded husband? I do. Oh, that's great to have in the home. Wait a minute. What's the difference between heaven and holding? From this day forward. Like this day or the day forward like tomorrow? Because it's already tomorrow in Japan if you think about it. For better or for worse? <laughs> I mean, does anyone pick worse? In... For richer or for poorer? Again, who are these people picking poorer? Then sickness or in hell? Uh, How it? How he gets it? Is his throat itching? Because then I'm trying to understand why this thing girl throat is itching. Woo! You two, you
1: deserve each other. Just be man and wife. You are pronounced.
0: Woo!
2: First off, I love Chris and Michelle. <laughs> I just think they were great. I love the running gag of it all. Like, How did you come up with these two characters. And for those who who may or may not be familiar, Robin Thede plays Chris, who is a cornrow-wearing, mumbling, but extremely passionate boyfriend to Lachelle. How'd you come up with those characters? How'd you come up with this sketch?
3: So for the record, I did not come up with that character. Um, A writer named... Akilah Green, who's a writer on Black Lady Sketch Show, did. And, um, you know, I was uh, a lot of people think I wrote on this show, but I didn't. I was just an actor. It was actually really nice to just be an actor on that show. And I was asked to write, but I was like, I really like this experience of just coming and acting. I just want to do that. But what my job was to do was to breathe life into LaShaw. Honestly, when I had first read it, I was like, I don't know what the thing is about her. So I had to do a little bit of character work and say, okay, who is this girl that keeps asking these questions? Why does she keep asking these questions? What was her home life like? Who told her that she can't trust people? Like, you know, (laughs) develop this little backstory with like, you know, uh -uh. she went through something in school and somebody played her one time and she don't have that. So she has a bunch of questions and working off of Robin's Chris just heightened it. First of all, that character is so ridiculous. And while sitting there across from her in those cornrows, I just can't. But I do know exactly who those people are immediately. Like, I, I was like, oh, I do know this couple. I know this couple in Philadelphia. Like, how are you both so annoying? And But it doesn't matter because they love each other and that's all that. They don't care if you love them. They love each other. And that's what we found, I think, in that sketch.
2: <laughs> so many people came through and worked on a Black Lady sketch show. What are some of the big lessons and experiences that you took from that?
3: One thing that was unique about the show, I probably never will again work in an environment with that many Black women in one place. I think that was a really special experience for me as an actress. Most of the people who I got to act with, I'm normally going up against for roles. You know, It's not very often that Black women get to work together in that capacity. Even the people who came in, I don't know. They're people you never think you're going to get to work with because you know that usually there's only going to be one role for one of you. So that was a huge takeaway that was so unique and special. And I think right after that, I, I got on um, another show called Miracle Workers and I was like, wow, I'm never going to have that experience
1: again. I, I
3: And I think that's what's special about Black Lady Sketch Show as an actor and going there is like, whoa, yes, all these black people, but all these black women in one place. It's just so unique.
2: Before you worked at HBO, you were viral for your Instagram series of videos called The Girl Who Had Never Been On A Nice Date. Let's take a listen.
3: This water good? Excuse me, waitress. Where y'all get your water? Oh my God, you got money. Don't be nasty. He nasty, but he got money, though. This is good.
2: First off, what, what was the inspiration behind that? The, you know, the girl who actually goes on a nice date for once. And then how did that get you involved in BuzzFeed? Because you had a very sort of black Philly humor to go to BuzzFeed at a time when that wasn't really the vibe they were giving off.
3: Well, first of all, the inspiration was just me. Like, man, I wouldn't like to go on a date. Like, and I was just, I don't know, I was thinking about the, the the small things that matter on a date and how, I don't know. And and that kind of birthed this idea for this character. And uh, I didn't even, I, the first time I performed it was at the comedy store in, in Los Angeles. I didn't even think about putting it online. I had a friend that was like, I was like very against online at the time. I was very against it. I was like, I'm I'm gonna be on the stage. And he told me I should upload it and I did and then it blew up. And so I serialized it, fortunately, with my marketing and advertising communications training from college. I was like, oh, you gotta, you know. As far as that and Buzzfeed, it's weird. The two are not connected. People think they are. They think I made the video while I was at Buzzfeed. They think like Buzzfeed get, no, not connected. I just needed a job. I was like, I need some consistent income. The videos that were going viral I, you know, I sold t shirts with the catchphrases on it, but I couldn't keep doing that. That's not what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be in t shirts. I didn't want to do appearances, you know, because that's what people ask you to do after that. I didn't like that. That wasn't for me. I was like, I need a job. And I was trying to find ways to not get a job. But then I had a friend, Justin Tan, who actually is now a writer on Abbott. He was working at BuzzFeed at the time. And he and I were doing stand up at the same place. He was like, hey, can you come be in this video for my job? And I was like, yeah, sure. And I just walked around BuzzFeed. I was like, wait a second. I want to work here because I'm seeing the videos you guys are putting out. They're funny and cute. And I think I could do something cool with that. And they were truly like, why do you want to work here? You're like famous. I mean, using air quotes, people famous. And I was like, no, I need a job. I need money. And I see potential here for what I can do here. And so that's how that happened. It was really Justin just being like, you want to come be in this video?
2: We're going to take a short break. We come back more with comedian Quinta Brunson, star and creator of the new show, Abbott Elementary. This is a word with Jason Johnson. Stay tuned. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Word with Jason Johnson. Today we're talking with Abbott Elementary star and creator Quinta Brunson about her career in entertainment. So, this summer you published a memoir. She memes well. And you talk about how your family wasn't necessarily all that keen on you pursuing a career in the arts. And then you had this really hilarious video where you said that your mother's answer to everything was Quinta, come home. What was it like getting your family to get on board with you wanting to pursue comedy, not wanting to be a teacher, not wanting to stay home? And And are they on board yet, or are you still basically just Quinta at home and they don't really care that much that you're famous?
3: For multiple reasons, my family, they just wanted me to be safe and successful, right? And being so far away from Philadelphia, being in one of the most unpredictable fields in the world, you know, you just hear so many stories about how people fail at this. But for me, it was was never an option for failure. It was like, it, it may take a while, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the pace at which I was going, which was figuring stuff out, figuring out where I wanna be, making sure I just wasn't like on the streets, but taking my time to figure out my place in this world. And my family came to understand that about me. They came to understand my passion for this and that there wasn't really much else I was gonna be able to do. Yeah, I could teach, but I I was always gonna what if about this world. And if I'm being honest, it wasn't until I showed them the Abbott Elementary pilot and, you know, there were things they could understand about Abbott. For Black Lady Sketch my parents don't watch HBO. They don't like cursing. They were like, we don't, what is this? We don't get that. For little parts I had done here and there, is a lot of like, okay, but is that sustainable? They saw that ABC and they were like, ABC? that's where blackish comes (laughs) on. Like, you know, that put it all... They were like, wait a second now. (laughs) After all this stuff I've done, they were like, wait, no, she has a real job. And then they saw the pilot. And, you know, it was the first time, I think since I've graduated high school, that my mom told me she was proud of me. She was like, it was that thing of like, I didn't know what you had been sticking it out for. Now I know. And it, it takes a while to get there. You know, everything we've talked about... BuzzFeed, the viral videos, all my stuff people have never seen, all the shows I've sold that haven't gone, all the stages I did stand-up on in the middle of the night and stuff, to me, all leads up to getting to a place like Abbott that finally feels like a culmination of what I'm capable of. And then for my family to see that synergy finally, now they're like,
2: oh, we're on board. If you were talking to the next Quinta Brunson, who was working at the Genius Bar, at the Apple store like you used to and she's sitting there and you know she's enjoying it but like she's she's got bigger dreams right and she's not even in LA yet she's in Philly she's in Atlanta she's in Houston right now what's the thing you would want to say to her as you're picking up your iPhone what's that nugget of advice that you would want to say to her if she hasn't quite made that move yet but is thinking about it
3: that you have to at least try if there is a burning undeniable obsessive Passion in you over this stuff. That's how I was. I was obsessed. It was twenty four seven comedy from top to bottom in every form and all its inceptions. And it was it is a burning obsession. And depending on where you're coming from, you may be told from your your work from your your friends who just are like, eh, you know, like just girl, come be come be a nurse, girl. We living good over here. Yes. But something in me, if if I don't just try, I can't, you know, I don't know. That'll be burning there forever, and I don't want it to consume me. I want to fulfill that. You just have to at least try. Take one leap and go at your own pace. Some of my smallest leaps were taking an improv class in college. That was a leap for me at the time. Nope, none of my friends were doing that. Like, my friends were doing, you know, all the other things that I was doing too, Step, all the other extracurriculars. And I was like, I kind of want to go take this improv class with all these white nerds. And my friends were like, why? And I'm like, because I don't know, something's telling me to go over there and do that and just see how it feels. Take the leap. And I think that's what I would say. Trust that burn. And if you don't have that burn, maybe you shouldn't be doing it because that burn is the only thing that kind of keeps you going at some point.
2: Quinta Brunson is a writer, producer, comedian, and actress. Her new show, Abbott Elementary, on ABC, is out now. Thank you so much, Quinta. Really appreciate it.
3: Thank you, Jason.
2: <laughs> and that's a word for this week. The show's email is a word at slate.com. This episode was produced by Jasmine Ellis. Asha Saluja is the managing producer of Podcasts at Slate. Gabriel Roth is Slate's editorial director for audio. Alicia Montgomery is the executive producer of Podcasts at Slate. June Thomas is senior managing producer of the Slate Podcast Network. Our theme music was produced by Don Will. I'm Jason Johnson. Tune in next week for Word.